Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, O2 Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 6. Can you change someone's life by going out to grab a coffee? You can if you know how to read the face and the body, like today's guest, Dr. Martha Cortez. Dr. Cortez is a general, cosmetic, biological, neuromuscular, and laser dentist who subspecializes in the treatment of sleep breathing disorders and TMJ dysfunction. Her methods include non-surgical techniques to treat TMD and sleep apnea. A multi-boarded practitioner, Dr. Cortez also teaches osseous remodeling methods to a wide range of health professionals. She is a published author and is working on her latest book to help people sleep well, breathe well, and live well. As you'll see in this conversation, whether Dr. C is in the office or having a coffee in the cafe, she is passionate about helping others feel better. Hi, Martha. I am so excited to be talking to you today here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Um, As listeners may not know, um, you are uh, actually my dentist. (laughs) So we we know each other very well at this point. Um, You have been an instrumental part of me being able to get over my counterfeit sleep problem and get to the point of really feeling good again. And I'm so appreciative of that. And Oh, thank you. And, um, you know, the one thing that um, really stood out to me, I would say, from the, the first time I met you was, you know, I'm, I'm basically sitting in the chair and you come in and unlike any other dentist I had ever worked with before, you said to me, let me look at your face. Wow. And that was so amazing to me because it was like, you you know, don't dentists work on teeth? But no, you have a much bigger, a much bigger, um, you know, view and a much bigger practice than just working on teeth. And that, um, if listeners uh, listen to the last episode we did, we um, uh, had a conver- I had a conversation with, with Lauren about her sleep journey. And I know, you know, you helped Lauren as well. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about what you did with her because her transformation was so amazing, right? And the first thing I think that, that you know, when she, when she mentioned, she talked about um, from, you know, her teens really dealing with TMJ pain. And so maybe we could dive in there. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, with Lauren, with in general, tell us a little bit about TMJ. Tell us about Lauren and TMJ and kind of get us started in our conversation with that. Well, yes. And hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. What's interesting is you're right. I look at face. People walk in, all I do is look at face. I never look at teeth really. It's very unusual for me. And I look at posture next. So I'm always looking at where's the eyes? Where's the nose? Where's the ears? 
Is it sitting? Is the head sitting on the posture? So when I would, met Lauren, her head was way forward. Her face, like she looked like she was so much pain. Her face looked like it was sagging. She had to be suffering, but this was a young girl. And I looked at her and the nose, the nose was so small. It almost looked unused, beautiful snow. She had this beautiful face, this beautiful neck, but there was just these little, little, little details. Tell me what you mean when you say the nose was unused. What, what, well, what's interesting is like, if you look at my nose, I have a really good nose, it's used. It has nice nostrils. Hers is this beautiful little button nose that has these tiny little nostrils. When the nostrils are so small, they're not using it. More often, their jaw drops open, especially in their sleep, and they become mouth breathers. So what happens is they end up not breathing the oxygen in their sleep. And therefore, they get 17% less oxygen in their sleep. Because of that, that's why a lot of these people have this movement disorder. It's the jaw moving back and forth the grinding. It's a wake-up call of themselves saying, wake up, wake up. They go, they wake up, take a breath, and they put the correct oxygen in their brain and they fall asleep. They don't even know they've woken up so many times. So tell me, tell, let's bring it to the TMJ then, because I would imagine um, people in the audience aren't really familiar with that. The grinding is really the true source. Why? Because they grind with a seesaw kind of action back and forth and they actually move the jaw back, decreasing the vertical, the, the teeth get flat. Your dentist will say something. Right, right. I was actually just talking to a client this morning, a new client who said he wore a mouth guard and I asked him why. And he's like, oh, you know, I grind my teeth at night. And I thought, you know, well, we, we know that grinding your teeth during the day is a sign of stress. But grinding your teeth at night is really a sign of, of counterfeit sleep, really. It's, it's meaning that you're, you're having difficulty maintaining your airflow and you're getting counterfeit sleep as a result of that. The jaw now goes back more and goes into the housing. The housing has a neuronal bundle and that's where pain comes from. Mm -hmm. and, and as the jaw jams back more and more, there's a disc that slips. Now we have the thing called internal derangement, TMD, a dysfunction of the jaw but then the pain can carry to the back because as the jaw jams back, this jaw jumps back, the head comes forward because now we're in survival mechanism, that fight flight response. Now you get compression of the neck. With the neck compression, you can get migraines, headaches, insomnia, right. high blood pressure, and you can get this really bad neck pain yeah. and occipital pain. Yeah. So it's kind of like the old, you know, the thigh bones connected to the knee bone, right? As soon as you are using your jaw in a way that you're going to get that compression, it can go back then into the neck, right? Into the, the spinal area, essentially. And then that pain can pretty much go anywhere. What we want people to take away is the idea that this, you could be having this problem with your jaw because it's related to the way you're breathing when you're sleeping, but you won't necessarily know that you will see it as migraines or almost like a chronic neck pain, or, I mean, back, it could really present in, a, in a, a bunch of different ways. You know, what's interesting about what we're talking now. And I say this all the time on, on the podcast, I talk about the X, Y, Z formula. And I say, if you have problem X, whatever it may be, 
ask yourself why and make you uh, the primary suspects your Z's, your sleep, right? And think, could there be something going on in my sleep? Ask yourself today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Go to isyoursleepmakingyoutired.com and get your copy today. So that actually brings us back to Lauren. So Lauren, you notice this, she's sitting there, I know she, and you said to her, come to my office, right? So then tell me a little bit about that. I mean, ultimately she had to get a sleep study done to see what was going on. And ultimately she needed help with her breathing during sleep so that she could, uh, that would help her banish counterfeit sleep and get healthy restorative sleep. She's a Grace Kelly type. She has a really good job. She has all the, the, what typifies Grace Kelly, except that her nose is just a little too small. The jaw position is just a little smaller and the jaw size and the jaw goes back a little more. And I keep examining her and she opens up her mouth. Aha, large tongue, really large tongue that's protecting the airway. Uh -huh. It was the tongue and it was the, the, the way she breathed. So it was both the nose, she has a lot of allergies and sinus issues because of the nose. She has a lot of headaches because not breathing through the nose and air. And then this huge tongue that, imagine a car in a garage. Imagine you have a beautiful garage, except the car is really big. So mm -hmm. go to close the door on the garage, you can, it sticks out. Yeah. Well, when Lauren was asleep, this large tongue was in there. Right. She would lay down and it would fall back into her throat, into the, uh, the area of least resistance. It goes to the back of her throat. And again, she would obstruct. If we think of the back of the throat, the back of the throat is really just a gap. And that is where our air is going to go when it makes its way from our nostrils down into our lungs. So if we have a tongue sitting there blocking it. Back. That's really what we call obstructive sleep apnea, right? There, there's so many places that you can have trouble um, in this in this place, right? You can, like you said, it starts at the nose, goes down. There are different points all along. So really, you need um, you need somebody who really knows what they're doing to be able to help you and to be able to assess. And now here's the thing too, that um, was news to me when I first heard it, but now makes perfect sense. When we think about people who are having any kind of um, counterfeit sleep problems, including sleep apnea, which is really the pinnacle. I mean, sleep apnea is serious. I've, I've heard doctors talk about it as end stage disease, right? Because by the time that's happening, other systems in your body are affected. Of more course- more more men, what? more men. Absolutely. And of course, um, you know, sleep apnea is not an overnight sensation, right? It takes a while to get to that point. So if we can start to key in to uh, pain points and things we're feeling, and just if we're not feeling great, right, we can start to say, hey, maybe there could be some other thing going on here. Maybe I should look at my sleep. And I, I would imagine that most people wouldn't be lucky enough to be in a, a restaurant serving coffee where you happen to be sitting there and can <laughs> notice, right? <laughs> so I think that's why we, you know, we really want to talk about this and help people. Tell us overall what Lauren really needed, um, you know, just like a very high level kind of thing, what, what you needed and what you saw in her, you know, uh, when, when we did the interview, she said, 
literally to me, she said, I looked like a, a crack, uh, what do you call it? A crack addict, you know? She was exhausted. Mm-hmm. She was fatigued. Even around her mouth, there was like a little rash, a little redness, which I find in a lot of TMJ migraine headache people is that they get this little rash, almost as if they little bit of drool, a little bacterial load. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the marionette lines. Yep, yep. The real darkness under the eyes. Typical, typical, typical. But it was her tongue that really said, those, those are the little side effects. The huge tongue said everything. But mm. then she talked about the pains. Right. She's so young. Why should she be in such pain? Right. Most people take years to get to where she was. So what was it you really need to do big picture wise? I mean, we're talking all about the airway here, right? You need to help her be able to move more air more easily, essentially, right? I would imagine that her jaw and her pain caused her face to change because it was there. The gene was there. So what I did is I worked with her heart heart tissue and her soft tissue. So Mm -hmm. we developed the upper jaw, developed it transversely, and then it went so you mean like make it in case people are just wider. listening to make it wider? Yep, yep. We, we really only needed about three millimeters to start making the migraines go away in the pain. And then sadly, about two millimeters. Forward, forward coming forward. Forward. Yep. And, then, and, and this sounds like nothing. And the lower jaw came down and forward about three millimeters. That so is- very, very small space, but like I was saying before, if you think, if we think about the, the throat really being like, you know, a tube, which it is, right? We, we need to have enough space for air to move. Air doesn't need a ton of space. So if you're talking in millimeters, that still could be sufficient enough to um, open it up so that the air can move, right? What's interesting is two millimeters on each side equals four. Four to the third power is what's up in the nasal. So if you were to widen the jaw and then the the palate actually comes down a little bit, that whole nasal space actually opens two two dice. So by by making the the upper jaw wider, you're increasing the size of the nasal cavity, right? Which is going to allow for much more airflow which is the problem that a lot of smaller jaws have is that part of their oral cavity is inside their nasal space. The nasal space comes down. So we know, we, you know, we talked about her TMJ and, and got a little bit of an understanding of that, which is great. And then we've talked about, um, you know, her sleep. So tell me now, what, what would you, um, if, what would you say to somebody who um, is not feeling great and they're like, you know, Gee, I wish I, I wish I had an avenue to pursue. What, 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 where would, what would you suggest to them? Well, first of all, even women now, first of all, women may not score as an actual apneic on a sleep test. I would say, well, the first thing I said, be your own advocate, take a sleep test. Yeah, yeah. A, a sleep test, period. You may not be positive for sleep tests, but you may have a respiratory distress, which often is the case of women and young men too, by the way. And that was my case as well. I, I do not 
have clinical sleep apnea, but I did have a lot of respiratory um, disturbances. And, and actually, I'll interject this too, because people may not be familiar with this, but you know, what's coming out from the sleep medicine field is that there really are four subtypes of sleep apnea, right? And so the, 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 the sleep apnea that we all think of where, you know, the, the air just isn't moving, that's really only about 36% of the people. And CPAP will help those people. But if the remaining people try to use CPAP, it can actually exacerbate the conditions, right? Let me ask you this too. Um, people sometimes say, wait a second, you go to your dentist because you had trouble <laughs> sleeping? Talk a little bit about that so people understand why they really want to find a dentist who knows about this if they really want to get so some sleep. need an airway dentist. And what's interesting about this, and although a lot of people are saying they're there's more and more people saying they're airway dentists, but you have to ask the question, what's the solution? So I practice a dental solution for a medical condition. And my question, and I, I would tell everybody, a dental solution to a medical condition, ask for a sleep test. Always find out, be your own advocate. If you're pregnant, demand a sleep test because all pregnant women become sleep apnea. They convert from UARS to sleep apnea. So that's really important and essential to take care of. Right, especially because if you're trying to grow a baby, the baby. one thing you absolutely need is regular airflow. Yeah. I wrote an article for, uh, for the Huffington Post. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting, I ended up putting a pregnant woman with a baby with a CPAP. Wow. Because the babies are not getting the oxygen because the mommy doesn't have it because mommy's yep. have sleep apnea. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go on a slightly different subject. Pregnant women, uh, uh, there's more and more higher percentage dying of cardiovascular disease in delivery rooms. Really? Having heart attacks because they've had the sleep apnea mm. and they're dying and they don't have enough oxygen. There are more, it's more than that because now the, the actual artery is a sick artery with intima because of the inflammation. The pregnant right. just push the money to the other side. I'm going to talk another one. Asian. Asians. Uh, the, the whether it's Asian American all over the world, CPAP is getting very popular in Asia. The reason being is because there were 20 year olds dropping down, dropping dead in the street. Mm. Why? Because they had sleep apnea from 10. I have a lot of boys that are 10 year olds and they, they have little bellies and they're, and they're very, they're very, they're, they were hyper, but then now they're very lethargic. They don't even wake up until like 10 years old, uh, 10, 10 a.m. Right. They have almost OSA. If they were to really sleep, some of them will test for sleep apnea, OSA, obstruction. Some of them are still UARS. So what happens, you're left again in limbo. Right. You have to give them the dental solution. You need to open up their jaws. Those boys usually stay 4'11", including the girls, 4'11". And until you really open up their jaws and push that anterior nasal forward, then they'll stay for 11 until you pop them and then they go to five, six, five, eight. You're it saying goes, five, six. What do you mean? What? Um... Whoa, inches from 40. Oh, oh, four. the space. Okay. No, first your height. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I got you. It's really important because yeah, just opened up their whole front. And the yes. first person that ever talked about this was Weston Price. Yeah. That you're opening up the Selatorska pituitary. Yeah, pituitary to express itself, so that you're going from pregnant women to to the Asian um, phenotype. Right, you could be phenol and Latino. You can be phenol, uh, 
the Asian and that architecture. Sure, sure, right. It's it's a different facial shape, right? Right, yeah, where where they, it's it's a flattened front of face. Even they, they talk about it as the adenoid face, you know, because it's right. It's just it's a long, long adenoid. Exactly, face. the longer face, flatter on the front. All of that means that the nasal cavity, everything, the whole airway is going to be smaller than it would would be otherwise. Right. Great. Walking dead at twenty. Yeah, that's Rocking staggering. The other thing, um, I. Yeah, yeah. I had heard another thing about um, that you, when you mentioned the growth. Um, you know, it, we know that it's when you get into that deep phase of sleep that your body is able to really send out all the hormones, including growth hormone, right? And so that kids who are not growing are very likely just experiencing um, a sleep disruption, right? And that if we could correct the problem that's causing the sleep disruption, we can get the body to do its own work again. So, I mean, the really, it, it's kind of like, uh, like I said, going back to the XYZ formula, whatever problem it is, ask why, make sure you're getting the right solution. And very often, in, especially in our modern times, the answer is going to be sleep. So I am so excited that we got to have all of these great things come up here, especially at the end, we got to talk about, you know, Lauren and, and how you helped her and then all these extra points because they're really critical. Um, so I would like to ask one final question of you, Dr. Cortez. If you uh, had, we're going to put up a billboard where you wanted to get a message to people, you know, knowing everything you know about how vital all of this is for a person's health, but knowing also how small a billboard is (laughs) and how quickly you drive past it. What do you think you would put on your billboard? It's not just snoring. Mm. Be your own advocate. Uh Uh-huh. Ask for a sleep study. Uh-huh. Find a dental solution to a medical condition. Oh, all right. So I think we're going to give you a couple of bonus uh, billboards there. And I love the, it's not just snoring one because- That's Snoring. Right. We, you know, we love, ha ha, look at grandpa snoring. Or, but it really is the first step towards that sleep apnea. Uh, you know, as a, and if we, if we can step in at that point, why not? Let's, let's help people, you know, avoid- dropping down, you know, going downhill in their health, right? Dr. Park, Stephen Park, the ENT surgeon. Yes. We work well together. One of the most important things he ever taught me was simple. Snoring is on the continuum of sleep disorder breathing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a huge continuum, right? Only a tiny part of it is normal. And there's this incredibly long range, which again, that end point is sleep apnea. And that's why I think we say sleep apnea is end stage disease. Cause by the time you have that clinically, there's so many other systems, right? Type two diabetes is a direct result of sleep apnea. Um, lots of cancers, like you mentioned. Why? Because unoxygenated tissue. Acidosis. Yes, exactly. Right. All kinds of cardiovascular disease, uh, even in terms of mental health, anxiety, depression, Alzheimer's disease. We know this. So what we really want to do is help people get get the information they need so they can, like you said, go get a sleep study own advocate. advocate and get back, get back to feeling like you. Well, thank it's you so much. Pardon me? It does take time. But I will say, even from my own experience, 
those little tiny gains that you have in the beginning, just, you know, that you, all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not exhausted, you know? And it really, it, it fortifies you so that you keep going and going. So it, it definitely is a journey that is well worth beginning because the rewards are tremendous. So I thank you so much for talking with us today, Dr. Cortez. When you're ready for your aha moment, when you're ready to have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love, go to counterfeitsleep.com and take the counterfeit sleep screening. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you, and remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.